0: Yeah, yeah, find you a seat. Man, what a good, good crowd here today. I love it. Thank you all for being in the house of the Lord on January the 7th. Can you all believe it's already the 7th? Is it the 7th or the 6th? Help me out, Danny. I messed it all up last time. And you believe that? We're already a week into January. Good Lord, it's flying, isn't it? Today begins our 21 days of devotion. We've been talking about that. 21 days of of devotion is something that we started before we even started a church. Uh, It's where we take the first 21 days. We're not the first. We're a week into it. But uh, we gave you a week to, to just come off a detox, all right, before we went into it. 21 days of devotion are where we take 21 days as a church and we set aside for prayer, fasting, and reading the word. Not that you're not supposed to do that all, all uh, year long, but it's just like coming to church on Sunday, the first day of the week, or giving of your tithe, the 10% of first fruit. There's something about setting aside some time at the beginning of the year to say, God, this is your time. We had people go, 21 days, that's all y'all are devoted? No, dummy, that's not why we're, the de- <laughs> only time we're devoted. So I hope I explain that to you, Okay. If you're here and you ask that question, I didn't mean to call you a dummy, I'm sorry, but kind of just a little bit, all right? Uh, so, So 21 days of devotion, and it's really open. We have some people in our church that will fast food for 21 days. We have other folks that will fast a type of food 21 days or fast uh, social media for 21 days. And then like our family, the way we do it is we take seven days and we'll do a food fast and then we'll take seven days and we'll do a social media fast and seven days we'll do another type of fast. I would encourage you to do something, but don't do something easy. The point of a fast is to make your flesh not like it. Okay, this doesn't gain you more power with God or more strength with God. What it does is it makes your, less, your flesh less fleshly. It, it pushes your flesh down and allows the Holy Spirit to do the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. All right. There's an old, I always say it like this, uh, you know, there was an an Indian that said, they said, he said, there's two dogs that fight in you. There's a, there, there's a good dog and a bad dog. Which one wins? And the one you feed the most. And it's the same thing with spirit and flesh. The one you feed the most is the one you're going to be listening to the most. All right. So 21 days, how many already know what you're going to do? Raise your hand. You already know. All right. If you don't know, that's okay. You got a few hours to decide. All right. Now, you can start tomorrow. There's nothing regimented or religious about this. But I want to encourage you, as you're going through this, keep a journal close by. Write down what God is saying. Uh, send uh, Send a tweet to us or an Instagram post and hashtag 21DOD. Let us know what God's doing in your life, all right? And I'm telling you, how many have done this with us before? Isn't it powerful? It can be hard, but it's powerful. So I want to encourage you to do that. It's going to launch our best year ever. Wasn't that a good segue? Today I'm beginning a brand new message series called The Best Year Ever. When you came in, there were some invite cards. They're black, so you may not have seen those. On your seat, I want to encourage you to grab those and grab some out at the information bar and invite some friends. Because I tell you, all of your friends want to have the best year ever. And a lot of them don't know how to do it. We're going to be giving you some specifics on how to have the best year ever. That you've ever had. How many want that? It's about a quarter of you. The rest of y'all just ready to languish for like 2018. Come on, how many ready for the best year ever? Amen. I want to. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter four. Now, if you have a Bible, uh, I want you to go there with me. We're going to have it all on the screens. It's gonna be really good up there. It's gonna be, it's all gonna be there. But the reason I'd like for you to be with it tangibly, uh, either on your screen, on your, uh, in your Bible or on your devices is because I want you to be able, sometimes when things just pop up on the screen, you don't really see where it's happening chronologically, okay? So if you can get in your device to Luke chapter 4, and then we're going to be going back to Luke chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be reading a good a good amount of scripture today. So, But you just stay right there in Luke 4 and 3, and everything else will come up on the screen. How's that sound? Okay, good. Luke chapter 4 is going to be our text today, and probably for next week, and maybe even the next week after, Luke 4 and 16. And so he, speaking of Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, Luke four sixteen, And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want everybody to recite that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hashtag best year ever. Number sign, best year ever. You old folks will get that one. Pound sign, hashtag. All right. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Everybody say, all eyes on Jesus. Man, that's when things happen right there. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. God, I pray you would open up our hearts today to your word and to your Holy Spirit. Those, Lord, today that have been, that have, that have been cautious of the things of the Spirit, that today they would just open up their hearts and their minds to what you want to do For those, God, that are praying for things to happen and yet those things haven't completely happened, I pray today that they would know that it happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you didn't know, today I'm going to be preaching about the Holy Spirit. Now, so those of you that were raised where you gave the Heisman to the Holy Spirit, okay? You stiff arm the Holy Spirit, as we say around here. It's because that's like the crazy uncle, you know, that shows up at the family reunion. Like everybody knows him, but nobody really knows what he's going to do at the reunion. If that's how you were raised, that's not the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. I want to introduce you to one that's going to help you move into more fulfillment in your life. All right. Hey, look at this. Just reading our text. This is really awesome. Just reading our text. Look at this. Jesus comes to church. Woohoo! I don't know about you, but I love, I love seeing y'all, but I want Him to show up too. He says miracles are going to happen. All eyes are going to be on Him. Prophecies are going to be fulfilled. This is the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of God's favor. I believe that's the best year ever. When Jesus shows up, miracles happen, prophecies are fulfilled, and it's the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the best year ever. So I want to figure out how do we get to that. Now remember... And maybe you don't know this, so you may, not, you may not remember it. Take note that this is where Jesus is declaring his ministry. This is the first words you hear Jesus talking about his ministry. So he's letting everybody know, hey, this is what I've shown up to do. I'm going to open prison doors. I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. He's going down the whole list. But look at the very first words he speaks. In verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's how he starts the whole thing. I want to tell you today, before you can have the best year ever, you have got to have the Spirit of the Lord in your life. I want to talk for just a few moments today on the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the key to having the best year ever. Now, I've got some of you that are on the edge of your seat, like, come on, I've been waiting for us to get here. Some of y'all are like, oh, Lord, I've been waiting for us to get here. (laughs) Let's look at the work of the Holy Spirit in relation to Jesus. Now, listen to me. If Jesus Christ allowed the Holy Spirit to do a work in his life, then I would say that you and I probably need to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life. Amen? Amen. Remember that everything Jesus does is all as an example for us. God didn't have to do anything, He did. You realize that, right? He's God. He could just say, nah, let's start over. <laughs> Okay, done. Let's start over. He didn't have to send Jesus, he's God. He just clapped his hands and like, let's do it. Do a reset, okay? Unplug the computer. Wait 10 seconds. Plug it back in. Let's go. But he didn't do it that way. So everything that he does is done as an example for us. So why did Jesus have to do that? He didn't have to do it. He did it as an example for us and to be obedient to his father, which is an example to us. Amen? Look at this. Let's look at the work of the Holy Spirit in relation to Jesus Christ. I want you to go all the way back to Luke chapter 1 and 35. The angel said this. The Holy Spirit, remember to Mary, we just read this passage. Mary said, how's it going to be? You're telling me I'm going to have a son? How's that going to happen? I'm still a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. The angel told Joseph that the child within Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So number one, If you're taking notes, write this down. What is the work of the Holy Spirit? Number one, the Holy Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit gives life. Each and every person under the sound of my voice that has believed in Jesus Christ and has confessed that Jesus is Lord, you have been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 3 and 5. Look at here. I told you we're going to read a lot of Scripture. Jesus answered to Nicodemus, and he said, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water, which you all were, but also and of spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. This happens. You go from being a carnal dying person to being a person that's going to live with Jesus Christ forever by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work in salvation. I think sometimes we take the Holy Spirit and we put him off here somewhere just as a comforter, which he has been for us this week, or he's going to be a guide, or he's going to—he's kind of like this person you go to, he's a fixer, you know what I mean? Like, you need something fixed, that's who you go to. No, he's at work before salvation, he's at work in salvation, he's at work during salvation, and he's at work after salvation. Come on, y'all still with me? Here are a few works, not all of them, but just a few of the works of the Holy Spirit in the salvation experience. Take a deep breath because we're going in. John 16, 13. Jesus says of the Holy Spirit, "However however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, declares Jesus, and guides us to Jesus. You can't even come to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Next, the Holy Spirit, according to John 16 and 8, and when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, and it convinces us of God's righteousness and the judgment of Satan. Now, if you want to hear what I believe is a revelation, and not just because I preached it, but in May 31st, 2015, I preached a message on this passage of Scripture right here. You can go online to our our website. It's called The Summer of the Spirit is Part 2, where I talked about this passage of Scripture because I think it's really misunderstood because all of us think it's our job to convict the world of sin. It's not. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world of sin. And you know what that sin is? That you don't believe in Jesus. It says that the very next passage of Scripture, the Holy Spirit has not come to convict you of the sin that you committed last night. He's come to convict you of the fact that you didn't believe in Jesus enough that you had to commit that sin last night. Woo! All sin happens because you just don't believe. You steal because you don't believe it's a provider. You lie because you don't believe the truth. Not you, me, all of us, all right? Like me? Just me? Yeah, just you. You're the only one. And we only devoted for 21 days, so that's how it works. The Holy Spirit glorifies, declares, and guides us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, convinces us of God's righteousness and the judgment of Satan. Titus says, the Holy Spirit washes, us, washes, regenerates, and renews us. But when God, our Savior, revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Not just the blood of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. So if you are a stiff arm in the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on some life that God has for you. And look at this. He generously, come on, I love that word, poured out the Spirit. Didn't give us just a little touch. Generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of His grace, He has made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit adopts us. Romans 8, 15. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by Him we cry, Abba Father. You can't even cry, Abba Father, except the Spirit is doing a work in your life. Come on, how many right now? I could shut it down. He would say, I want more Holy Spirit in my life. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, best year ever, baby. This is how we get it. Y'all got to remember, I ain't preached last Sunday, so I'm ready to go today. <laughs> Lastly, the Holy Spirit seals us and is the guarantee of our inheritance. Ephesians 1. 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed in Jesus, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when you received Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit put a seal on you and said, this is God's right here. And then what dwells inside of you is simply a deposit to the inheritance that you're going to receive when we get over there. Like a down payment. Earnest. One, one scripture says earnest. It's like that earnest money, you know, that you put down on a property. I want, that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's our, so there's a piece of eternity already in you. It's a part of heaven already working in you. That's why he knows what to pray because he already knows what heaven's like and he prays for you right now with groanings that can't be uttered. Come on, I want more Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. So just like Jesus, we were given life by the Holy Spirit. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. However, most believers, that's where the work of the Holy Spirit stops. I want to talk to you about the progressive work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we know that Jesus was conceived, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And this thing that was born was a holy thing. But look at this, Luke 3 and 21. Now this is, uh, this is 33 years after that conception, or, or, or 30 years I should say, after that conception. And one day, when the crowds were being baptized... Jesus himself was baptized. Remember, did Jesus have to be baptized? Not necessarily, but he did it because of obedience and example, right? And as he was praying, the heavens opened, and who? The Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus, So number one, the Holy Spirit gives life. Number two, the Holy Spirit falls. It's all through the Scripture. And the Spirit fell on them. And every time the Spirit falls on somebody, something powerful happens. Most of the time, they get a new identity. The Bible says the Holy Spirit fell upon uh, Saul, King Saul. And he began to prophesy. Like, what, what is this? And he became a, and the Holy Spirit falls on David, the Bible says. And David becomes a new person from that day on. The Holy Spirit wants to fall on you. Doesn't just want to be in you, giving you life. He wants to fall on you. We, re, we ended in verse 22. And then look what the next thing says. And Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. He did not begin his public ministry until the Holy Spirit fell on him. There was a fresh identity that fell on him. He had been Joseph's son up to this time. He had been this young man, good young man. But all of a sudden, there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my boy. I'm pleased with him. And remember, he hadn't done one thing yet. But he was already pleased with him. Some of you need a new identity. You've been praying for it. You want it. You want to get away from it. Let me tell you one key to getting a new identity and stepping into a new ministry. Let the Holy Spirit fall on you. I love that word fall. It's not like jump on you. It's like, ah, like you can't control it. You know, just let him fall on you. 21 days of devotion. Why don't you pray? Holy Spirit, fall on me? You've been waiting for a next level, pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on you. Are you ready for your next step in your ministry? Raise your hand. Well, I ain't going to preach. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about right where you are ministering as as ministers of reconciliation right where you are. How many are ready for that? Let the Holy Spirit fall on you. You notice the same thing happened. So this begins the birth. This begins the ministry of Jesus Christ. Look, remember what happened on the birthday of the church? Acts chapter 2. Wow, well, all my Pentecostals now. I just said Acts 2 and I saw people, uh-huh. And I'll, some of you are like, oh, God, here we go. All right, Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, see, I was raised Pentecost. I was picking my wife. I'm like, there ain't no day of Baptist, okay? I'm just going to tell you, sweetheart. There's no day of Presbyterian or Episcopalian. There's a day of Pentecost, she said, Yeah, but y'all baptized, so there you go. Okay, okay, you got it. <laughs> On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like of a roaring mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on them. Everybody say settled, or fell on them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking another language as the Spirit gave them this ability. Everybody say, Spirit fall. Spirit fall. And when the Spirit falls, then the Spirit fills. When the Spirit falls, then the Spirit fills. You've heard of John the Baptist said this. He said, the one that's coming is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's going to fall on you, and then when it falls on you, then it wants to fill you. So he gives new life. The Holy Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit falls, and the Holy Spirit fills now, we've just read, we read in Luke chapter 3 and 23. Now, the very next thing you hear about Jesus is Luke 4 and 1 that says, Then Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. So he's baptized and the Spirit, as we just read it, just falls. Say it, falls. The Holy Spirit falls and then he leaves that and now he is full of the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Not just a little bit of the Spirit. Not just a touch of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Overflowing with the Spirit. Now, if all you want is just a tongue of fire on your head, or all you want is just a little touch of the Holy Spirit, you're selfish. The The Holy Spirit is not there just for you. He wants to fill you so much to overflowing that everywhere you go, he just bubbles out of you. Man, I wish I had the personality of so-and-so. You probably won't, but you can have enough of the Holy Spirit in you that the personality of the Holy Spirit starts pouring out everywhere you go. Look at John 3, at John seven thirty eight. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Look at the parentheses. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Now, that's a whole passage right there. When Jesus said, it is finished, that meant his work was done, but that meant the Holy Spirit was just beginning. Okay, we'll just come back to that one. That'll be another one. Everybody say, full of the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just give us life, doesn't just want to fall on us, wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit. How many want this? You want to be full of the Holy Spirit? Come on, I'm looking at you, and so is the Holy Spirit, because as soon as you raise your hand, you're like, oh yeah, let's go. Let's go back to Luke chapter 4. Emma, great job on the screen, sweetheart. Thank you. I know I'm bouncing around. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing. All that time became very hungry. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just raised my hand and said, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And now you're telling me what the Holy Spirit does. Let me just tell you something. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will not lead you where you want to go. Sometimes, you, you're like, I want more of God, and you get more of God, and then it begins to lead you into dry places. And that's when you begin to question, did I really hear from God? Why the wilderness? Why would the Spirit lead him into the wilderness? I want you to, in your, I, I told you I want you to stay in Luke. I want you to look in Luke 3.23. It's not going to be on the screens, but I want you to look Luke 23. You're not going to read all of it but I want you to see what's happening there. Remember, we we left off at Luke 22, 23 says, and Jesus began his earthly ministry. All right. The spirit of the Lord fell on him. He begins his earthly ministry. And then it lists from 23 to 38, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It starts with Jesus and it goes, and who they assumed was his dad, Joseph. I love that it says that. Joseph was known as his dad because They really knew who his dad was, all right? And then it begins to list the genealogy, and you can read people like Levi, the Levitical priesthood, people like Judah, and David, and Jacob, and Isaac, and Abraham. Why does Luke list this? Because he wants everybody to know this is the lineage of the Messiah. This Jesus is the Messiah. And then it ends with, And then Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led into the wilderness. Why is the wilderness so important? Because it's just a title until it's tested. Let me say that again. It's just a title until it has been tested. This is the Son of God. That's just a title until He goes through the 40 days of fasting and prayer and temptation of the enemy. Why is God leading you into the wilderness? Because God has placed something on you. He's given you a name. He's given you a title. But He knows until it's tested, it's not true. Why would God tell Satan, go check out Job? He's one of my favorites. Because Job has the title as the greatest man in all the land, but that hadn't been tested yet. It was not until he was tested that he was given a double portion of everything that he lost. Some of you that are in the middle of a wilderness right now, come on, take heart. Take heart. Just getting, it's just, that's nothing but your title being tested. And so Jesus, full of the Spirit, is led into the wilderness, and watch what happens after the testing of the wilderness. Luke 4 and 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of, of the Spirit. Hold up! Did you hear that? My Pentecostal y'all fell asleep on me. I know what happened. I read too much Scripture for y'all. That's what it was. Hmm. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit falls. The Holy Spirit fills but he's not satisfied with that. He wants you to go through a time of testing because he knows that after your time of testing, then you will be empowered. The Holy Spirit empowers. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Now you see him not just having the Holy Spirit giving him life. Not just falling on him. Not just filling him. But now he's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would raise your hand and say, this is the part that I'm missing out on? Raise your hand. I'm missing out on this. The power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to. I want us to have the best year ever. And the way we have the best year ever is to allow the Holy Spirit to have his complete work in us and us walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now the Bible says they start glorifying him. Now when they hear him talking, they're glorifying it. Whoa, this guy, they're glorifying Jesus. This is the work of the Holy Spirit that every person would glorify Jesus Christ. And he told them in Acts chapter one, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. Everybody say you will receive power. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's part of it. What is that power for? To raise the dead? Well, maybe. What is that power for? To speak with tongues? That may be a part of it. What is that power for? There's a lot of things that happen, but the true reason the power is there is what I just read. I will give you power to be my witnesses. Everything about the Holy Spirit Points back to Jesus. Everything goes back to Jesus, continually pointing back to Him. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be witnesses. How many wishes you were a better witness of Jesus Christ? How do I have that? Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be a good witness, but the Holy Spirit in you can. And it will give you power. But also, did you notice what it says? He says, I'm going to give you power to be witnesses to the whole world. Now that right now, even now, that sounds like a lot, right? And we can fly places. Like I can be on a plane today and be on another part of the world today. Or at the most tomorrow. He's saying to them, you're going to be my witnesses In the whole world, that seems impossible, which is my point. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the impossible. What is that one thing in your life that you just don't think you're good enough to do? I laid down last night. Matter of fact, I put this in my message this morning because I laid down last night thinking about our future as a church and going, I just don't know if I can do that. I just don't know if I have that gifting. I just don't know. And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, well, you ain't got to worry about that, buddy, because I'm going to empower you to do the impossible. What is your impossible? What is that one thing that you know God's called you to do, but you just don't know that you can do it enough? Let the Holy Spirit fall on you. The best year ever is going to happen, not because we're going to work harder, which we will, not because we're going to give more, which we will, not because we're going to serve, outserve everybody, which we will, not because we're going to live the best lives, which we're going to try to. The best year ever is going to happen because we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in our life and not just stop at giving us new life, but continue on until we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith starts just popping up everywhere. Y'all seen that Skittles commercial where the kid just got Skittles all over him? I think about the Holy Spirit all the time. Every time I see that, like, and the little girl takes a bite up, and all of a sudden, she's got them all over her. That's how the Spirit works. I don't want just the fruit of the Spirit. I want the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, gifts of faith, working of miracles. I want them all. The gifts of healing, every one of them. Yeah. Everything the Holy Spirit has for me, I want it. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. How about you? Yeah. It's the only way you're going to have the best year ever. It doesn't mean you've got to experience the Holy Spirit like I do. It doesn't mean you got to act the way I do when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. But what it does mean is you need to give the Holy Spirit free reign in your life. And that's what brings about the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed you to do some great things. And that's why His Spirit wants to rest upon you. Let me pray for you today. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray two parts of this prayer. One is to protect your heart, because the devil does not like us talking about this. The devil hates it when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. He can't stand it. So right now, I silence every voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would guard hearts today, God, as they're in this next 21 days, as we focus on you and the things of you, that we would hear only your word and only your voice. And we speak against, put a a guard up in the name of Jesus right now. Put a guard up in the name of Jesus right now. A hedge of protection as the old timers would say. Come on, Jesus. And now the second part of that prayer is, Lord, I pray now for every heart to be tender, every heart to be open. For people in this room that have never experienced the Holy Spirit. That they would open up their heart to experience him like you've never experienced him before. That you would open up your heart to experience the Holy Spirit like you've never experienced him before. You've never even started a relationship. What if today you started that relationship with the Spirit of God? Some of you have had some experiences, but you know it's not fullness. You're not really, it has not overflowing. It's not overflowing. There's, it's not there yet. Come on, let him free in your life. Set him free in your life. The two words that scare most people, holy and spirit. Come on, let him be free in your life. Don't be afraid of him. And then for those of you that, you know what it's like to be A person that has the Holy Spirit around your life and operating in you, but it's just kind of hit a dam lately. It's stagnated. It's kind of, you've hit this, this blockade. And you're ready for Him to just flourish in your life. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want more of Him than I've ever had before. I was raised a Pentecostal son of a Pentecostal preacher I know what it's like to be around all kind of stuff some of it good and some of it bad I've <laughs> seen it all and because of that sometimes I've limited what the Holy Spirit would do in my life maybe you have come from a teaching that you didn't allow the Holy Spirit to work and reign in your life what if we just laid all of that down our misconception our preconceived ideas our bitterness our anger our stress our strife and you realize you're in a safe place right here a safe place and let the Holy Spirit do a work in your life thank you Jesus is there a gift of the Spirit you've always desired go after that this 21 days is there a fruit of the Spirit that you need go after that this 21 days I want to give you an opportunity today if you've never began a relationship with God or if you have never you don't know if you've ever had him fall on you or if you're ready to start fresh and new it's a new year, you're ready to, for a fresh start with Jesus Christ if that's you today, just raise your hand hands raised all over the place, come on I want, a, I want a fresh start with Jesus. Brand new. Up high. Come on, my little hand. Up high. Up high. Fresh start with Jesus. Come on. Yeah. All right, put your hand down. I want you to stand with me. We're coming near to the end of our time, but I, I want to just press in just a little bit more, okay? I want to press in just a little bit more. Is that Holy Spirit? You're welcome. Come on, let's sing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome.
1: Come flood this place, atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long to be overcome. Come on, sing it out,
0: me say Lord Jesus say Lord Jesus thank you for your birth your death your burial your resurrection thank you for the Holy Spirit in my life forgive me of my sins forgive me of stiff arming the Holy Spirit of quenching the Holy Spirit today I release the Holy Spirit in my life. Do the work. Bring freedom. Bring fire. Bring power. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for it today. Amen. 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 Come on, let us become. Let us. Let us become
1: more aware of your